Hello, my name is Daryl and I'm one of the Kingston Church's schools workers. Thank you for supporting our work this year and for inviting me to share this message with you today. At Insight, we're always looking for creative new ways to teach the Christian gospel in our local schools. And this year has been no exception with the digital revolution produced by the pandemic. Much of our recent work has been beamed into schools through a camera on the internet. So if you want to know what it feels like to be in one of our lessons this year, well, it looks a bit like this. If you're interested in watching more of our films for schools, you can find us on YouTube at Insight Kingston or Insight Secondary. But today we're looking at Psalm 116, which is something of a testimony from the author. Imagine you were given the opportunity to speak to a group of school children about the Lord. And during that event, someone asks you this question. Why do you love the Lord Jesus? What would you say if you had that opportunity? Now, it's always worth having an answer prepared for that question, just in case somebody asks you. And every Christian has a testimony to share, a story of what the Lord has done in their lives. Well, Psalm 116 is a writer giving us his answer to that question. What's your story? Why do you love the Lord? And as we think about his response to that question today, hopefully it will help us to think about our response to that question as well. So let's have a look at what he says. Verse one, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. Why do you love the Lord? Because God listens. He listens to prayer. He bends down his ear from heaven and turns his face towards the one who calls on him. Now we'll see as we go through the psalm that this occasion was a pretty big deal. It was a serious situation, a desperate prayer. No small matter, it was a cry for mercy. It was life and death. And because God answers this prayer, the writer's happy to say with a thankful heart, I love the Lord and I will call on him as long as I live. This is his testimony. He's inviting you in to listen to his story and to come and meet the God who's rescued him. So what exactly is going on here? Our first point this morning, you Lord have delivered me from death. Have a look at verse three. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. Other translations say the ropes or snares of death surrounded me. It's a hunting illustration. You might think of those nature programs where a pack of hungry wolves are surrounding an animal. Imagine what it's like to be that animal. You're trapped. 
Everywhere you look, sharp, gnashing teeth are growling at you. They're closing in for the kill, and there's no way out. It's a life and death moment, entangled in the cords of death. The King James Bible puts it like this. The pains of hell get hold upon me, as if the underworld itself was actually pulling this man down into the depths. He was overcome by distress and sorrow. Now, he certainly describes this in a poetic way, but you can feel how desperate he was. And it was then that he called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. And that's the prayer that's been answered in verse 2. And that's why he loves the Lord. It's not a long prayer, but it's not too short either. And more importantly, it's addressed to the right person. The only person who could do something about it. So how does the writer respond to God's rescue in verse 5? The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. It's a major turnaround of events, isn't it? Delivered from death to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. After a terrible experience, his soul can return to its rest. Now, we're not told any more about the specific circumstances that the writer finds himself in. We don't know who wrote it or when. But I want to suggest that's a good thing because it makes this song something of a timeless classic. In a sense, it doesn't matter who sings it, because there are so many people who could say those words. It's worth considering a few examples from the Bible itself. Firstly, think about Moses and Israel in Egypt. Can they sing this song? Remember, at one point they suffered so badly that Pharaoh commanded his people to throw all their baby boys into the river. Here's how the book of Exodus describes their condition. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Do you see how it fits if Israel sing this psalm in Egypt? Overcome by distress and sorrow, they call on the name of the Lord to save them. And he does. He hears them and sends them a rescuer to deliver them. So maybe this psalm was written for Israel to sing as they remembered the Exodus. But who else can sing this psalm? Surely the most obvious example is the Lord Jesus himself. In the Garden of Gethsemane, as he prepared to go to the cross, Jesus said, 
My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He fell with his face to the ground and prayed. On the cross, Jesus gave his life for the sins of the world. The cords of death entangled him. The anguish of the grave came over him. But he cried out to his father in prayer from the cross. On the third day, God delivered him from death. And now he is seated at the right hand of his father in the land of the living. So Jesus and Israel can sing this song. And if you think about it, King David, Job, and many others can as well. It's a timeless classic because so many of God's people have taken the words of this psalm on their lips over thousands of years. And the thing they all have in common is this. God always has a great rescue plan for his people. Full of compassion, he hears our prayers and comes down to deliver his people. Now, this psalm is still sung by God's people today. Jesus' global church is no stranger to suffering. For 2,000 years, persecuted believers have cried out to God, overcome by distress and sorrow. Thousands of martyrs lay down their lives for the Lord Jesus every year. And they are able to do so because of the great Christian hope that just like the Lord Jesus, even in that most costly sacrifice, God will deliver his people from death. Have a look at verse 15 of this psalm. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. The word precious means costly or expensive. If something is precious to you, it's very special, it's valuable. It was no small matter for God the Father to send his son, his most faithful servant, to the cross to rescue us. It was costly, it was precious. And in the same way, the Bible says here that none of his children in Christ are any different. It's been a difficult year for all of us. Perhaps you have felt like saying those words in verse 3 at some point this year. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Well, if that's you or someone you know, the good news is that the story doesn't end there. As you cry out to God in prayer for mercy in your suffering, this psalm tells us that God hears your voice. He turns his ear to you. He is gracious and full of compassion. He saves the one who is brought low. And in the end, this is a psalm of thanksgiving to God for the deliverance he brings from trouble. For most of us, there will come a day of deliverance from the pandemic. And on that day, there will be great rejoicing in the church when we finally all meet together again, packed in a hall in our hundreds, holding hands, belting out our praises to God. But even if we don't live to see that day, the Christian still has an eternal hope in Christ of resurrection from the grave, eternal life in a perfect new world with Jesus. The Bible says neither death nor life, 
nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So yes, even we can still sing this song today, for we are the people who need God's rescue. And in Christ, this is our rescue too. Why do you love the Lord Jesus? Firstly, because he's delivered me from death. Now, in the second half of this psalm, the writer asks the obvious question, which is our final point in verse 12. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? And of course, in one sense, there is nothing we can return to the Lord for all his goodness. We can't pay him back, nor do we have to. But that doesn't mean we don't respond. So let's look briefly at three applications. Firstly, perhaps you've noticed how the author keeps saying that he will call on the name of the Lord. It's written in this short psalm four times, and he's talking about prayer. He's saying because the Lord answered his prayer in his deepest distress, he will continue to call on him as long as he lived. As Charles Spurgeon said once, you wouldn't thank a beggar who said that because you'd granted him his request, he'd never stop begging from you for the rest of his life. And yet God is so patient with us and so good to us that not only will he listen to all of those prayers, but that he even wants us to go on asking. If God has answered the greatest prayer in our lives to deliver us from death in Christ, well, he also wants to hear from us in the small everyday things in our lives as well. So we must pray and we can pray about everything. Secondly, as we've said already, this whole psalm is testimonial. And twice here, the writer says that he will fulfill his vows in the presence of the Lord's people. He wants to respond at the temple gathering, to worship with God's people, to celebrate with them and encourage them by sharing his experience of God's deliverance. And that's something we can all do. We all have a testimony to share of how God has saved us and brought us into his kingdom. It might not be as dramatic as this one in today's psalm, but if you're a Christian, the same God has performed a similar rescue in your own life. And he's given you that testimony to share with the church and the world. So we must testify and share what God has done for us with others. But lastly, the psalmist presents a thank offering as a part of his worship. And it makes us ask, what is ours? What's our sacrificial, worshipful response to what God has done for us? The Bible says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. A living sacrifice is one that keeps on giving and serving the Lord. So in our service of each other at church, we are responding thankfully to what God has done for us. So we must keep on serving the Lord with a thankful heart. Verse 16, truly I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. So for sure, we can't pay God back for his rescue, but we can still respond. We can pray to him about all things. 
We can testify to his goodness before others, and we can serve him and his people with a thankful heart. So, back to the original question. What would you say if someone asked you, why do you love the Lord Jesus? The Bible says, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. He turned his ear to me because he cares for me, because he's gracious and full of compassion, because he has a great plan to rescue me. My death will be precious in his sight. He'll raise me to eternal glory and wipe away every tear from my eyes. I will walk before him in the land of the living. Nothing can separate me from his love. I can never pay him back, but I will always pray to him, always tell others about him. I will always serve him. He is my Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for hearing our prayers in Christ and for your fatherly compassion towards us. Thank you for the great rescue that you have saved us through the finished work of Jesus, that even our deaths are precious in your sight. And Lord, thank you for this timeless psalm that we can sing today. Please have mercy on the suffering of your people throughout this pandemic. Help us to respond to you in the right way, not by trying to pay you back, but by calling on your name as long as we live, by telling others about Jesus, and by serving you and your people with a thankful heart. We bring all our prayers before you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.